Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning how to get unstuck in our journey with God. Do you know how many people tell me sometimes, well, Pastor, I've been attending this church for 10 years. The big question is, have you been growing all 10 years? Because if you've just been hanging out on the fringes and hanging out in the fellowship, but you haven't been growing, then you've been 10 years into your immaturity, but not 10 years into growth and maturity. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, we've reached the beginning of our final message in Mark's powerful series called Red Hot Faith. We've been challenged not to fall into a spiritual lukewarmness. And Mark, you believe it's the calling of every Christian to keep a spiritual temperature hot for God, and that takes some work. In the book of Hebrews, we discover a group of people who have become stuck in their journey, don't we? Yeah, the Word of God tells us that we are to remain fervent in spirit. And there was a group of people addressed in the book of Hebrews that had started out well, but that had gotten into this place, they had plateaued. Mm -hmm. And um, the writer of the Hebrews is really jolting them out of their place of passivity, their plateau, their spiritual plateau. And maybe you're listening to me right now and you feel like, you know what, pastor, I've plateaued as well. This message is for you. Yeah, it's in God's book for a reason for us to learn from, isn't it? So let's kick off this series finale. It's titled Getting Unstuck, and here's Mark. We're going to jump right into our teaching time, and so I want you to take your Bibles or your iPads or your smartphones, however you access your Bible today, and I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 7 through 15 of Hebrews chapter 3. But a few chapters earlier, he's talking to these people and he's saying, so as the Holy Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When we baptize people here at New Life, we baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We are not baptizing them in the name of three gods. We are baptizing them in the name of one God that manifests himself as three persons yet in one. You say, Pastor, I don't fully understand that. Well, welcome to humanity where we with our finite mind cannot comprehend an infinite God. It's hard for us to understand the Trinity, but it's three people that operate in absolutely succinct harmony, have the same nature, and do nothing apart from each other as one God, but yet a triune God. It's called the Trinity. And that Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Jesus left, it tells us in John, so that the Holy Spirit could come. This is my last message on red-hot faith. 
I started thinking about what, we, what it meant for us as a church to make sure that we don't ever fall in to lukewarmness or just mediocre fervency for God. I think it's every church's challenge and every person's challenge to maintain a spiritual temperature in their life that's hot for God. In fact, I think everybody in this auditorium has had times where you know it's hard to keep your own spiritual temperature high. How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? That you got to work at it. And I believe that it's our responsibility to keep our heart on fire for God. And we have a lot of things in our culture. We have a lot of forces around us that are looking to sap the energy out of our spiritual life. And so this whole message is about, this whole series has been about how do you keep your spiritual temperature hot for God? I believe that Hebrews chapter three really talks to us about a group of people that had gotten stuck. They had had a strong spiritual temperature, but like everybody in life, you get stuck and it's our job to get unstuck. If you're stuck today here, you're stuck in a habit that you can't break, you're stuck in a bad attitude that you can't get out of, you're stuck in a sort of a desert part of your spiritual walk that you can't seem to break. I believe that it's your responsibility with God's power to break out of that place of being stuck. And so the writer of the Hebrews is talking to uh, this group of people and he's explaining to them why they're stuck and explaining to them how to get unstuck. Hebrews chapter three, verse seven through 15 is my passage. But before I go to that passage, so you can keep your finger there, before I go to that passage, I wanna go two chapters later in Hebrews chapter five, verse 11 through 14. And I wanna read those verses to you as a prelude to the passage that I'm about to talk to you about. Hebrews chapter five, verse 11 through 14, the writer of the Hebrews says this, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God all over again. You need milk not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Listen to this formula. Time plus growth equals maturity. Time plus growth equals maturity. Listen to this next formula. Time 
plus stagnation or non-growth equals immaturity. Do you know how many people tell me sometimes, well, pastor, I've been attending this church for 10 years. Let me tell you, just because you've been attending New Life for 10 years doesn't make you a mature believer. It just means you've been hanging out with us for 10 years. The big question is, have you been growing all 10 years? Because if you've just been hanging out on the fringes and hanging out in the fellowship, but you haven't been growing, then you've been 10 years into your immaturity, but not 10 years into growth and maturity. Never mistake longevity for maturity. I've known believers that, well, they were raised in the church and they went to Sunday school and they had the Bibles and they got all the stickers in Awana and they, they know the songs and they know the choruses and they've been around Christianity for a long time, but they go year after year without growing. And so although they've been a Christian for 20 years, they still act like a little baby Christian because they've been around, but they haven't been growing. And we need to understand that there's a difference between lapsing time and growing old and growing mature. And so what the writer of the Hebrews is telling this group of people is that by this time, in the normal sequence of events, if you had been growing at the natural rate that you should be growing, by this time you should be teachers. In other words, by this time in your Christian walk, if year after year you had been growing, you would be teaching other people about the word. You would be mentoring others, discipling others, investing in others' lives. Other new believers would be coming to you and you would be opening up your Bible and explaining things to them and praying for them and encouraging them and helping them mature in their walk with God. He said, by this time, you should be teachers. But instead of being teachers, what's happened is since you haven't grown, you still need milk, not solid food. You're still babies, even though a long time has lapsed. And so I got to, the apostle, the, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, I got to give you baby food when you should be chewing on a nice, juicy steak. Uh, how many of you know that that six-month-old baby, if you get a piece of steak and say, baby, you don't know what you're missing. You've been having a little carrot mush until now. <laughs> Smashed up peas. But finally, you're ready to graduate. I know you don't have any teeth in your mouth yet. But I'm going to give you a nice big chunk of juicy steak. What happens with that baby? Now, don't try this. Please don't try this at home. That baby's going to choke. Why? Because that baby can't handle meat. Because in order to chew on meat, you have to have teeth and you have to have strength and you have to be able to chew it up in order to swallow it. So instead, we give babies food that doesn't take a lot of work. 
Have you ever tasted baby food? Oh, it's nasty. <laughs> nasty. I'm like, when I was feeding my babies, I'm like, I, I apologize that you have to eat this food. I would make funny faces if I were you too. I would spit it up too, baby, but I'm sorry. This is what you got to eat because you can't handle the good food yet. Now, if you're a grown person, and if I were to walk into your house and open up your refrigerator and all you had was just stacks and stacks of baby food. And you were to sit down at your, and I were to sit down at your table and you would say, Pastor, welcome to my house. Do you want a jar of mushed carrots and peas? Um, I'll heat it up for you and put a little salt in it if you want. I would say, no way, I don't want baby food. What's the matter with you? You're a grown adult. But yet in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, we have churches all across this city and all across this nation and believers all across this city of Chicago that have been in Christ for some time but are still eating baby food. And the writer of the Hebrews is telling them, listen, I want to give you milk. But I can't because you're still an infant even though you're older. And you can't handle solid food because solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. In other words, they put in practice the teaching of the word of God. They're acquainted with the word. They're practicing the word. They're growing in the word. And so they're maturing. They can handle solid meat and not just food, baby food. So I want you to understand, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Why do people get stuck? He, he tells us in... Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 15, why some people get stuck in their spiritual life. Number one, because we hear his voice, but we don't respond. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Job, and we'll continue today's exciting message in just a minute. But right now, I want to make sure you don't miss out on the free weekly devotional Mark sends out to our listeners every Monday morning. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. Now, this is a completely free resource from Bold Steps Weekend, and one additional feature of the Bold Stepper Weekly is that it now incorporates the Bold Steps Minute, so there's even more content. And if you're asking what's the Bold Steps Minute, well, it's snippets of inspiring messages and statements that really get you thinking. And it's incorporated along with the rest of the devotional, so you can simply click and listen. It's sure to be an encouragement and help you start your week off right. So sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly today at boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to join the list and there is no cost or obligation. All right, now back to our lesson titled Getting Unstuck. Here again is Pastor Mark. Well, Jesus said, I must leave so that the paracolite, the helper, 
the counselor can come. Jesus left so that the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, could descend and so that Jesus' Spirit, which is called the Holy Spirit, could be with us 24 hours a day, accessible at any time, and not only somewhere that you have to go visit, but He would dwell inside of you. So now as a believer of Jesus, I have all of Jesus' power, wisdom, resurrection power, guidance, living inside of me 24 hours a day. When I wake up, he's there. When I go to sleep, he's there. When I go to church, he's there. When I go to work, he's there. When I go to school, he's there. All the power of Jesus dwelling inside of me 24 hours a day. Now, someone better get excited about that, please. called the Holy Spirit. That's why when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you say, when do we receive the Holy Spirit? The moment you give your life to Christ, you cannot be born again without the work of the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit that renews you, changes you. You, you. If you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as a born again believer that does not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you have the Spirit. Now you may not be walking in the Spirit, you may grieve the Spirit, you may not be sensitive to the Spirit, you may quench the Spirit, but you have the Spirit inside of you if you are born again. In fact, the Bible says that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit into the day of redemption. Yeah, some of you need to know that because some of you feel like you, you get the spirit, then you lose the spirit, then you get them, then you lose them. You're walking good, you have them, then you walk bad, you lose them. And, and, and you just can't keep track whether you have them or you don't have them. Now I want you to know that this is really, really important that if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit, period. Listen, if you walk out of this place and decide I'm going to leave God, I don't want to follow God anymore, I'm going to go to the dirtiest, darkest, dingiest tavern that I knew in my old days. I'm going to go to Rush Street or I'm going to go to that little corner of Little Village where no one knows me, order a tequila, and I'm just going to swear up a storm and I'm going to try to find a woman that, I, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to walk away from God. Here's what I want you to know. You can try try to run, you can try to walk, you can try to hide, but if you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, you cannot get the Holy Spirit outside of you. You cannot lose the Holy Spirit. He's there to stay. So you take the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. And so here's what he says. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. And the first reason that we get stuck or allow our lives to get into lukewarmness is because we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we react against the voice of the Holy Spirit and we harden our heart, which means that 
we basically are rebelling. We are saying, I know what you want me to do, but I don't want to do it. I hear you in my spirit. I hear your voice, but I don't want to obey your voice. So you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion during the time of the testing in the wilderness. The writer of the Hebrews is referring to a time it's referred to also in Psalms 95, verse 7. In, in Psalms 95, verse 7, it says, 7 through 11, it says, For he is our God, and we are his people of his pasture, flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did that day in Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, Though they had seen what I did for 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. God is comparing them to the people of Israel when they traveled through the desert. In Exodus chapter 17, verse six through seven, if you remember the story, the people of Israel were in the desert and they were thirsty and they started to complain. They started to say, God brought us out here to the desert so we can die of thirst. God, where are you? How come you're not faithful, God? We're complaining against Moses. We want to go back to Egypt. We don't trust you, God. And it says, so Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? You see, here's what had happened in the desert is that God had said to them, I will take you into a promised land and I will lead you. But as they were going, they ran into trials and tribulations. And so they started to complain about God and test God and say, God, are you really with us? And can we trust you, God? And I don't know if I want to follow you, God, because I don't know if I think I was better off before I followed you. I, I think we were better off in Egypt. And so they tested God when they went through a trial instead of saying, God, we trust you, even though we don't understand why we're going through this. We still believe that you're in control, that you're on the throne, that you will not forsake us, that you have an answer. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching ministry of Mark Job. And next weekend, we'll continue with part two of this lesson titled Getting Unstuck, the conclusion of our series titled Red Hot Faith. But before then, we invite you to go to our website at boldstepsweekend.org and catch up on any message you may have missed. And while you're there, you may also want to check out some of the faith-building resources we're offering, like this month's Bold Action Gift. It's an encouraging book called God Speaks Your Love Language. Tell us more about it. Here again is Mark. According to Dr. Gary Chapman, your love language is designed for much more than just friendships or romance. In fact, Gary argues that your personal love language is the key to unlocking a deeper relationship with the creator of the universe. 
And in his book titled, God Speaks Your Love Language, Dr. Chapman shows us how to experience the love of God through each of the five love languages. With relatable examples, clear language, and powerful lessons, Dr. Chapman applies his renowned expertise on relationships to help us deepen our connection with God. This redeeming book is a must-read for anyone seeking a better understanding of God's love and how to respond to it. Find practical tips for applying your love language to prayer, worship, and other spiritual practices with your copy of this special Bold Action Gift. You can request your copy today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. Again, the book is called God Speaks Your Love Language. And you can easily give that one-time gift online by visiting boldstepsweekend.org or you can donate over the phone easily by calling us at 866-535-5580. You can also send your donation by mail and request the book. Just address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And a quick reminder that if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast where you can listen to these messages anytime and anywhere you go. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile phone and smart device and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And then if you'd also like access to the special new video content coming out exclusively on the Bold Steps YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe there as well by searching for Bold Steps Radio on YouTube. Well, that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us. Be sure to join us next weekend for the conclusion of a message called Getting Unstuck in Your Faith. That's coming up next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.